Amen. And I'm going to read to you from James chapter 1, verse 13. James chapter 1, verse 13. It said, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away with his own lust and enticed. And when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Verse 16. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Lord, bless this message today. Help me, dear Lord, as I impart your word to your people. And God, I'm going to give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Last week, we talked about how Lucifer got Eve to see the fruit through eyes of selfishness. Praise God. He said to her in Genesis 3 and 4, he said, ye shall not surely die. First of all, he began to make her question on the things of God. We're living in a world today where uh, society is making everybody question. Our TVs, from everything we watch, question the principles of God. Amen. God has given us principles. He has come. He has come so that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And I don't know about you, but living for the Lord and walking for God has made me have a wonderful life. It has allowed me to raise my children in a good situation. Amen. It's allowed us to be prosperous. It's allowed us to be blessed. But Satan doesn't want that. And he questions that. And so he bombards this world with a lot of things that are not good. He just keeps bombarding them with them and bombarding them with them. Amen. And people are living in it. He walked into the area of Eve one day. And Eve was just having a great time, her and Adam. They was in the garden. Everything was great. Amen. They got up. They did their garden. Amen. They act like a couple old retired people. Amen. Just doing their garden and not worrying about the things going bad. And Satan come along and said, Hmm, what you have is not good, and you can have better. All of a sudden, her eyes were opened, and he began, she began to question the, the things of God and the goodness of God and the principles of God and the ways of God. She began to question that. Praise God. She began to wonder, a look through the flesh, and be outside of herself, not just inside herself, but outside of herself. And so, praise God, because she was inside and because she was uh, of God, she didn't realize that she was naked. She didn't realize any shame. She did, you know, the thing of it is, you can be in your restroom or bathroom, you could be taking a shower, you could be doing all those things, and your mind be a million miles away. The moment you think somebody is looking in your window, all of a sudden, you start thinking differently, right? Because somebody is looking at you. And that's what happened with Adam and Eve. They did not want to be seen. Amen. All of a sudden, amen, they they knew what it was for somebody to look at them. Self became aware with them. And so, that's like a baby. A baby doesn't have self. Amen. You have to catch a baby and put the diaper on it. It'll come periods of time when it doesn't want a diaper. It just wants to go, praise God. And you're like, no, 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 you need a diaper. Then there comes an age when it realizes, amen, it needs to cover itself. And so 
That's what happened in the garden with the fall. Praise God. And not only that, but in verse 5 it said, For God doth know the day that ye eat thereof, that your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Amen. And so she's like, I'd like to know good and evil. No, you don't really want to know good and evil, but amen, she did learn good and evil. There's a bad side to good and evil, and I told, I've told people before, amen, that there's some things you don't want to know. You don't, know, you don't want to know what it is to be addicted to drugs. You don't want to know what it is to be addicted to alcohol. You don't want to know what it is to be addicted to pornography. You don't want to know what it is. There's just some things in your mind you don't want to know. Praise God. So don't ever go there. But he said to her, you will, you'll know. Amen. And the problem with today is people are trying to say the Bible ain't true. Amen. The lifestyle that I live, amen, is better than the way that God wants me to live. And this is the way I'm going to live, just by choice. My lifestyle, the way I live and the way I act and the way I walk, that's, that's the better way of life. And it's portrayed to us on all sides, praise God, that that is the better way of life. Amen. And uh, you can be free from the control of the Lord. But the Bible tells us, Amen. He, that we, when we sin, it says, let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God, because God cannot tempt. You see, there's a basic thing that says that lust is the mother of temptation. Lust is the mother of temptation. You see, lust is not just one thing, but John 1 1 John 2 and 16 tells us, For that that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it is not of the Father, but of this world. And so, praise God, there is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Eve faced those three things in the garden. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it said, for the, when, the women's, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, the lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eyes, and that the tree to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life. Those were the three things that Eve injected sin into this world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And when she saw those three things, it was the three punches that knocked her out into sin and Eve into sin. Praise God. It injected sin into the world. These three moral conflicts, praise God, are continually bombarding us today. We're facing them. Praise God. If, if it were not for lust, there would be no temptation. And the Bible tells us, that it is our own lust. We read in James where it said, praise God, that every man is tempted when he is drawn away with his own lust. There was a man from over in a foreign country, praise God, and uh, there was, uh, he, he lived out in uh, the, the kind of the wilderness, and he was walking down New York one day with his friend, 
And he said, hear that, hear that. And his friend said, hear what? He said, and he walks over and in one of the planters was a cricket making a noise. And he reached down and he pulled his cricket out. And he said, did you hear that cricket? And his friend said, in New York City with all this, he says, and you can hear a cricket? And he's like, yeah. He said, watch this. And he reached in his pocket and pulled out a handful of change. And he dropped it on the ground. And a bunch of people stopped and turned around and looked at him. Praise God. Amen. I got to tell you this. It was funny. We was driving downtown Steubenville one day. And uh, praise the Lord. Me, I, I, I think it was Kurt McAfee. <clears throat> and I said, watch this. And I reached over and I found a channel with a really, really wild song. And I rolled the windows down and turned it up a blasting. And all the people walking down the street turned and looked at me like, hey. <laughs> it's what we like to hear. It gets our attention. We've all got desires. And the thing of it is, and that is, we may not have the same desires, but we've all got desires that are not good. And that's our temptation. And Jesus says that is the thing that draws you away is your lust. That's the thing that gets you is your lust. The, the thing that's down inside of you that you're fighting with. We look at other people and we think, oh, that's a bad situation. Well, that is a bad situation in one area, but we've got a bad situation in another. We've all got things, that uh, a lust that we got. It could be temper. It could be anger. It could be, uh, uh, it could be um, not trusting God. It could be, praise God, being judgmental. I mean, there are a lot of areas in which we all have, praise God, weaknesses in or lust in. You see, because lust is the mother of temptation. Amen. So, when we went to the garden, we found out. Paul tells us we are in a warfare. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Praise God. We do not war after that flesh. Praise God. Even though we're in this flesh, we're not really warring after the flesh. It is after the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something today. Amen. This world that we live in, the flesh and blood world that we live in, is affected so much between the war that's going on between heaven and hell, it affects us tremendously. Satan, all the way down through the last... 4,000 years up until the New Testament and 2,000 years till today. Satan is trying to inject his doctrine into people. And if you go back to as far as Nimrod, you will find out there are doctrines, the Trinitarian doctrine they fought with back then, we're fighting with today. Who lived then that's living now that was able to keep that thing going? None of us, none human beings, but there is a satanic power that is working, and there is a God that is uh, keeping things in control for the moment. Or he'll always keep things in control, but he will always keep things in control, and there will always be, praise God. I mean, <clears throat> they say, well, there may be a third world war. I don't doubt it. There was a first world war, and there was a second world war. Amen. I'm not doubting there will be a third war. I pray to God there's not, but 
you don't you don't realize amen that there is a spiritual war that's going on and it is affecting us today praise god and we're wrestling against the bible said not flesh and blood but against principalities and powers we are at war amen but if it wasn't for our own lust amen james tells us in james 1 and 12 it said blessed is the man that endureth temptation my question to you is i've got a question on this and that is when a man is tempted is that sin have you ever wondered about that praise god well james gives us the answer in james 1 and 12 it said blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried he shall receive a crown of life temptation is not a sin Praise God. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, but it was not a sin. Temptation is not a sin. Now, there's a difference. You, you know, some people try to stretch it a little bit. If, if, there is a, if I accidentally look into an area of something that I should not look into, then that is not a sin. But if I purposely look into that area and say, I'm being tempted, but I'm not going to try. I'm not, I'm being tempted. No. Praise God. We're going to talk about that. But he said, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised them that love him. Praise God. You see, the reason that we really live for God is because we love him. Amen. Some people try to use religion to, fe- to scare people. Fear only works for a little bit, but love works for always. I'm telling you, I have sinned because I have feared God and I have still sinned. <clears throat> but I have never really sinned when I was really loving God. When I love God, praise God, that is the thing that keeps me from sinning. Amen. When I love him, John 14 and 15 said, If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeketh him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth in you, or I'm sorry, with you. He was God in flesh. He said, I'm here with you, so you know my Father. I've introduced him to you. Praise God. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. And I shall be in you. I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. In other words, you're going to have the Spirit of God inside of you. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But praise God. But if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. And you'll understand that I have weaknesses. I have things that make me weak. Amen. Oh, you know what? I was going to do something and I forgot about it. Amen. But just let me tell you what I was going to do. I haven't even talked with Jason. I figured Jason would help me with this. And that was, I was going to bring Jason up. Amen. I was going to get one of those straps. um, Cords. And I was going to ask Jason to turn around, and I was going to strap his arms together like a couple, like uh, put his arms together behind his back like a cop would do. And then I was going to turn him around and say, come on, let's have a good fight. 
Praise the Lord. Let's have a good fight. I was going to do that. I forgot about putting that together. So many things going on. But you visualize it, right? Help me tonight and this morning and visualize it. You can visualize it. I mean, I could just see the look on his face when he's like bound behind. And I'm saying, come on. I had to put my dukes up and said, come on, let's get at it. Praise God. Amen. You, you know, we think that's funny, but that's exactly what we do. We go to the devil and we play with him. And in the middle of playing with him, he gets us all bound up. And then when temptation comes, we cry out, I ain't got a chance to overcome this. It's got the best of me. Well, yes, it's got the best of you because you've allowed the devil, amen, to get you all bound up. Praise God. If you're on your computer and you struggle with pornography, amen, either don't get on the computer or don't, praise God, go to an area where there is pornography. There's, there's things that pop up that they want me to watch, and I know in watching that that there's some things I don't want to really see. Well, I'll just turn my head and I'll do this and I'll do that. No, I don't even go there. Praise God. And I, I'm put, I put a message together. I'm going to work on it. But amen. And the thing of it is, amen, if you're, going, if you're going to see something, both men and women, that you're not supposed to see, amen, already learn to jerk your head away or not look or drop your eyes. But what we do is we get too close to sin and then we're, our, we're set. Okay, let me go into this area. Praise God. If you have a problem being judgmental, amen, it starts out with little judgmental. After you get into a little judgmental, hey man, it's easier to do more judgmental. Don't even go into judgmental. The moment that you start to feel that you're going to be judgmental, feel like you're going to puke. Praise God. The moment you're getting ready to talk somebody down, let that become sickening to you. Don't even... It's like when somebody comes to knock on your door and you look through your peephole and you say, hey, man, I don't really want to deal with that. I'm not supposed to deal with that. But you open the door. Now they're able to push their way through. Or you even ask them in to step in the house. Now you have to try to get them out. That's when people say to me, well, praise God. I just can't trust my husband, and I, I just don't understand why I can't trust my husband, and, and I struggle with that, and I said, and I said, and I, and I had this brainstorm about 10, 20 years ago. I, I looked, I said, do you watch soap operas? Yeah, how did you know? I wouldn't trust my wife either if I watched soap operas. You understand what I'm saying today? I can move on. Don't give the devil an inch. Because the moment you give him an inch, he takes a foot. Amen. And it'll probably be your best foot. <laughs> Praise God. But you can't, amen, give an inch to the devil. And that's, people say, well... Hey man, I, 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 just, I just had to give in. The reason you had to give in is because you let him in. But if you say no to begin with, 
The Bible said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Praise God. Push him away. No. The moment that thought comes in, no. And it makes us feel good sometimes because if we put somebody else down, it builds us up. Makes us feel better about ourselves. And so, praise God, you know, we don't have to do anything. We can be a little lazy if we put everybody else down about everything else because it just makes us feel better. Praise God. And so all of a sudden, before you know it, we're in a situation where, hey, man, we're doing things and we think, how did that overtake me? How did that get so much control on me? It's because, hey, man, he called you up. He asked you to turn around. He's got your hands behind your back. He put you in a strap. And then he said, let's fight. You're better off to say, no. I'm not opening the door. I'm not going there. Praise God. Amen. Satan said to Eve, amen. God doesn't know what he's doing. All of a sudden... She's in a place to where she's arguing with God about what he's doing. Let me give you a really good thought I learned years ago. If you've got the bigger end of the stick, don't even argue with the person. If I go in to sit down to buy a car, I don't argue with them. I'm not the one buying. The more they argue with me, the more they're going to win. I'm not buying the car. Praise God. I'm not, I'm not giving in, Satan. It's not going to happen. There's no question whatsoever whether or not I'm going to be in church. There's just none whatsoever. If I start justifying why I can't be in church, then all of a sudden I've opened the door. And now I've got all these other things to deal with. Praise God. But there's no reason why i got to lie. There's no reason why i got to steal. There's no reason... Here's a good one. You ready for this? There's no reason why I got to commit adultery. None. I don't care what your mate's doing. You just don't do it. Because God will bless you if you always do the right thing, even when the other is not doing the right thing. God will always bless you in whatever you're doing. You're saying, well, they're lying to me, so I can lie to them. Mm-mm. You don't do the wrong thing just because they're doing the wrong thing. Well, they cheated on me. Now, I don't care. It, it just, I'm telling you. Praise God. Well, they jumped off the bridge. I'd have jumped too, right? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. But you see, we can be victorious through Christ. Philippians 4 and 13, which was my Bible college scripture. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengtheneth me. Because I do struggle trying to overcome a lot of things. Amen. But I know that I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengtheneth me. Praise God. So when does sin really start? Let's talk about that. Praise God. When does sin really start? Amen. The Bible, James 1 and 15 says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Now, this is an adult class, so we understand about conception. Okay? Everybody understand about conception? I'm not going to explain. Okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Everybody understands about conception. Amen. Anyways, um, 
conception, to get, to get together. When something is conceived, it comes together and it begins to take on its own life. Okay? And that's, con- that's, what, con- that's what conception is. Amen. When it is in your control, when you act upon it. In other words, praise the Lord, you can see something and not realize you're going to see it and look away. That's not in your control. But whenever you've got an inkling that's there and you look at it, okay, you can tell somebody. I hate it when someone says, someone gives me false information and they come back and they say, I lied to you. Did you really lie to me? Well, it wasn't true. No, you didn't lie to me. We got to keep that clear cut. Because you didn't lie, you just didn't know. It was not in your control. A lie is a sin. False information is not a sin. Okay? And so, um, and, 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 and the thing of it is, if we start watering down what a lie is, we won't have a problem making a lie. So, hey man, if you tell me something and you don't know, it's, when it's in your control and you cross that line, then you've conceived a sin. You have started a sin. Praise God. And when it is in your control and you act on it, and then the Bible goes on to say, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. When that conception is there. So let's cap everything I've said up to this point. First of all, Satan caused Eve to desire the tree. And when he did that, he opened her physical eyes and put things in her control. I want control in my life. I don't want God controlling my life. See, that's what living for the Lord is. When you come back to God, you say, I am now going to put my hands into the control of God. God says, I'm not going to lie. God says, I'm not going to steal. God says, I'm not going to commit adultery. Where before you come to the Lord, you just did whatever you wanted to do. And so Eve's like, I want control of my own life. And because she did that, amen, her desire came out, amen, and she went after the fruit. Eve looked through her fleshly eyes. She disobeyed by allowing sin to be approved in her heart by crossing the line. Lust brought forth that sin. Sin made a separation with God. The day that you eat of it, you'll surely die. And she did. She, she was separated from God. Death was separated from God. Amen. That's why all of a sudden she realized she sinned. But when sin is finished, it brought forth also a physical death in which we face today. Praise the Lord. And so there's that physical death in which we face. So lust is the mother of temptation. But sin is the father of death. Lust is the mother of temptation. Sin is the father of death. You see, sin came into humanity from Adam and Eve. The reason we have sin today is because of Adam and Eve. We've learned that so far out of Genesis. But in Romans 5 and 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and the death by sin. In other words, Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. So everybody that was born after Adam and Eve Praise God, was born into sin. And so death passed upon all men. Everyone that's born is born in sin and shaped in iniquity. It's not the act of what the mother has done or anything, but we're born with the nature to sin. That's why you'll tell your children no, no, more than you'll ever tell them yes. 
is because we're born with the nature of sin. If you naturally let yourself go, you will go in a very sinful way. That's why, praise God, you cannot do that. Amen. For, amen, all have sinned. But you see, Christ conquered that sin. Praise the Lord. And the lust, by conquering the lust of his physical body, he came and the Bible said that he was without sin. He overcame that sin. Amen. Because lust of the flesh, when Jesus was in the, 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 the wilderness for 40 days, Matthew 4 and 3 says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Let me tell you something. If you haven't eaten for 40 days, are you going to be hungry? I don't know about you, but I'll just be real transparent today. The only thing I really struggle with is food. I love food. I will look at something and I say, I'll say, you know what? I really, really, really think that's such a bad situation. I need to fast over it. And after two hours, that situation don't look so bad. In my line of business... If I want a free lunch, all I've got to do is call fast day. And one of my customers will say, hey, George, Arby's, do you want a free, you want a sandwich? I'll buy your meal today. It'll start out with Bob Evans. Do you want breakfast? Praise God. But when it comes to fasting, Jesus went 40 days. And don't tell me he wasn't hungry. His flesh was crying out for food. And the Bible says, hey. Nobody's out here to see you. Nobody will ever know it. Nobody will ever understand. No, you, nobody ever needs to know. All you got to do is take these stones and turn them into bread. That's a good thing. There's a lot of hungry people, Lord. You could just take these stones and make them into bread. You know, there's a lot of good things that you can do in a bad way. Praise God. Amen. You can do a lot of good. You can do a lot of good lying. You can do a lot of good stealing. Praise God. I told someone one day, I said, Amen, let's go and rob the bank. We'll make money for the church. You can't do that. Well, what you just did is the same thing. Praise the Lord. Jesus said no. His lust of his flesh, he overcame that. And then the pride of life in verse 5. And the devil taketh him up to a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, if thou be the son of God, you know, if you're the man you should be, you'll grab that electrical wire and shock yourself. If you're the man you should be, you'll do this or do that. He saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down the pride of life. Jesus said no. And then, of course, the lust of the eyes. In verse 8, again, the devil taketh him up to exceedingly high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory in them and saith unto him, he showed him all of them. Praise God. All these things I will give unto thee if thou will fall down and worship me. You know, I just noticed this last night. But this third temptation that Satan used upon Jesus actually pivoted from the second one. The second one was the pride of life. Jesus had just proven to him that he is not going to be whipped by pride. So he must have humility. 
So Jesus, or Satan takes this third temptation and says, let's work off your humility then. Praise God. You'll be willing to bow down and worship me because you're humble. Sometimes Satan will work off of our humility and cause us to go. If we won't go to the right, he'll get us to go to the left. You got to be careful of that. Just because so many people are going off to the left doesn't mean you need to go off to the right. Just to remember that. There's a big lesson in that. But you see, Christ brought victory out of that wilderness. Romans 8 and 3 says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemneth sin in the flesh. Let's hold on to that. You see, let's look at that. It says, for what the law could not do. The law says, thou shalt not lie. Now, I would ask everybody in here today, if you've ever lied, but if you'd raise your hands, then you would be a liar. Because I'm sure every one of us has lied sometime in our lives. Praise God. Matter of fact, a few lies. But the Bible says don't lie. So you broke the law. You was not able to be righteous with the law. Right? Everyone. The world said all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we've all sinned somewhere. So we're all breaking the law of righteousness. And so this scripture says, amen, for the law... For what the law could not do. The law could not keep us righteous. So what happens? Amen. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned uh, in the flesh. Condemned sin in the flesh. Okay, Christ came. Amen. Amen. And what Christ did was Christ was righteousness all the way through the law. And so since he found a way to be righteous all the way through the law, the next scripture comes into effect. Verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So what the Lord did was he came, he gave us the law so that we could become close to him. Because Adam and Eve fell, he gave them the law. Why? Because we don't think according to the spirit we always think according to the flesh. Adam and Eve did. And so they could not, they could not live in right relationship with God under the law. So the Bible says that they sent Christ, God sent Christ, and he lived righteous under the law. He died, amen, living righteous under the law. And there is a law that says that every man that sins need to die. The problem is, Christ didn't sin. He shouldn't have died. And so now, that law is broken. And it's made us, given us the ability, amen, to live for Christ through him in the spirit. You see how that works? That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. You see, we can say Christ broke the law because he lived righteous with the law. 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This is really, really hard on somebody that believes that once you come to the Lord and you get saved, you can do anything you want. I can live any kind of sinful way I want because I am saved. I once saved, always saved. The Bible says, who live not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Praise God. You don't live according to the flesh. Well, what if when I fall, then you ask God to forgive you. But it isn't an open door for you to do whatever you want to do. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. If you come to God and you live according to your carnal mind, then you're going to die out to Christ. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You see, we die out to sin. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You see, the law demanded righteousness up until Christ. Man had never produced righteousness. But God came in the flesh through Christ, and he produced that righteousness through the Holy Ghost so that we can produce righteousness through the Holy Ghost. My success and your success in living for the Lord is living in the Holy Ghost. Letting the Holy Ghost sit in your driver's seat and drive you every day. Praise God. If we're going to truly live in the way, we must first die to self and, re -be, and be reborn again. That is why Peter gave us the salvational message in Acts chapter 2, which too many people ignore. In Acts chapter 2, you know the story. Verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent. In other words, die out to self. And be baptized. In other words, put that flesh away. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. Wow. Every one of you. Not just some of you. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And then ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So when I repent, I die out to self. When I am baptized, I am burying self. So once you bury someone, have you ever seen anyone? You got, this is, and I won't ever say who it is, but have you ever had anybody walk up to you, you thought they died? For some reason in your mind, you got them mixed up with someone else and you thought they'd passed away. And they woke up to you and you're looking at them and you're acting like you've never seen them before in your life and hoping you've not seen their spirit or whatever, but I don't believe in that. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're dead. You never have to worry about them again. I mean, to, if they give you a problem. Praise God. And when you die out to self, you should never have to go back and worry about self again. It's dead. It's gone. Those things, Paul says, though, I, he said, I crucify myself daily. In other words, you've got to continually put them back in the grave because they'll come out as much as you let them come out. Praise God. The old Indian story, he meant Indian, he didn't understand a lot of spiritual things but they asked him one day, they said, what's going on? He said, I, it feels like inside I got a white dog and a black dog. He said, and they're constantly going after each other. And they said, which one lives? And he's like, 
whichever one I feed the most. There we go back to what I said before. Whoever you give. If you're going all day, if you're going, praise God, and you're watching things all the time, and you're looking at things all the time, and you've got friends that are doing things that really shouldn't be doing, and you're really expecting, praise God, for you to be positive and living for the Lord. But if you're reading your Bible and you're praying and you're going to church every time you can go to church, praise God. And when you can't make it to the service, you get on live stream. Praise the Lord. And you read your Bible and you pray and you talk to God and you kind of stay away from friends that try to lead you in an area you're not supposed to be led in. Praise the Lord. There was a, a couple one time that got there, got a job over at the racetrack, and that's not a good job to get if you want a good marriage. Because there's a lot of stuff that goes on over there. And, and, and you live in this world where everything's accepted, everything's agreed. That's the way it is. That's, that's the way it is. That's, that's, the, that's the way it is. And before you know it, amen, it affects us. But if you die out to self and you, do, and you say, oh, I'm struggling, I'm struggling to make it to church. Amen. I do have to say this. It was kind of funny today. We were talking about Walmart. I'll see people in Walmart and they'll say, I feel much better, Brother White. Sunday there's like, I'm sick, Brother White. <laughs> Walmart's the place that makes everybody feel better. Sorry. Amen. You know, the problem is, your priorities are messed up. If you just put your priorities in God and live for God. I, look, let me just say this. Everybody just hear what I'm about to say. I don't know where everybody else in life is, but I know that God is so good to me and my days are so filled and my family and my life and my surroundings are full of so much less stress and trouble and everything else. And maybe I'm living in a world somebody needs to pop my bu bubble. I don't know. But the one thing that I know is I pack everything around me with God. So where if you're struggling, if you're fighting, if you're doing whatever, I'm going to tell you, come on over here. Because it's a good life. I don't get up here and preach and teach because it makes me feel good. I don't do it for self-esteem. I don't do it for whatever. I do it because I totally believe what I preach and I teach. Praise God. You know, some of my customers in the business, that sometimes they don't understand me because I'm constantly telling them of all the good things that's happening. You know, they got this. You know, they got that. You know, because I guess that's just the way I am. I'm always trying to help someone. Praise God. But the reason that I feel that living like this and living for the Lord and putting him in the center of my life and walking in with him, the reason that I feel if I seek him first, he'll give me the desires of my heart. Praise the Lord. Because I know that there were times in my life when I thought there were things I wanted that I've learned later that I really didn't want. And there were things that I gave to him and said, okay, God, you make the choice of that for me. God, don't give me the truck that I want. Give me the truck that you think's best for me. Don't give me the job that I want. You give me the job that you think that's best for me. D don't give me the wife that I want. You give me the wife 
that you think that's best for me. Praise God. And when I did that, amen, and let him make my choices. Praise the Lord. God has given me a good life. And I want you to have a good life. But you've got to seek God first. There's so many things out in that world that's just overrunning really the way God wants us to live. But praise the Lord. But sin is there. Sin is there. And it looks appealing. When Eve looked at that fruit, it looked very appealing. There was very good reason for her to reach up and take a hold of that fruit. And the Bible says that enjoying the sins for a season. I'm telling you, worldly things is fun to do. But the bottom line is there's a price to pay for doing it. Moses could have been in Pharaoh's kingdom, sat on Pharaoh's throne. He did not have to fight with all the things he fought with. But he knew there was a, there was a, there was a payment that was coming. Praise the Lord. You know, I mean, we can make a lot of money robbing a bank, but guess what? There's consequences. And we're going to pay it. Sin, but to the world, sin looks very, very appealing. And Satan makes it look that way. Amen. But I'm telling you, there's a price to pay. I, let me just explain it like this. There are two things that I can do. I can go to the treadmill, and I can run on the treadmill, and I can work out, and tomorrow I will feel better and hopefully be trimmer. Or I can get a big sack of potato chips, and I can go to the couch, and I can sit down, and I can watch my favorite show and pig out. Let me give you just a little smart information here. You go and do the hard thing in your day and make that candy the thing that you blesses you afterwards. But what happens is if I get on the treadmill tomorrow, I will reap the benefits. If I get on the couch tomorrow, I will reap the, the, the bad things. So that's the same way in living for the Lord. Today, if I live for God, tomorrow I will receive my reward. If today I do what I want to and live in this world, tomorrow. I'm telling you, every action we do has a reaction. Everything we do in this life and hear me today, if you hear anything that I've got to say, hear this. And that is, God is the one that's keeping the record. He put us on a life to where whatever we do, we're going to, re to receive. Praise God. It's, it's our own fault. I look at some of the messes I get in and I ask myself the question, what did I do in the past that caused me to be here today? If I'm nasty with people, then people going, people may be nasty to me, but God knows how to protect me from that nastiness if I'm not nasty to people. So, sin, praise God, how it affects us. Let's all stand. I'm ready for tonight. Not really. 
I need a rest. Praise God. A little bit of, little bit of food, but I'm ready. I'm getting excited about tonight. We're going to have church tonight. Praise the Lord. Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for this day. God, I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move and to be in this place. Continue to go with us, Lord, as we depart from this place. Continue to be with us in your presence. And, God, we're going to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen?